Right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's been a uh, a crazy few weeks. You know, I know we've been away for a little bit here. Uh, we've got some amazing things to talk about. You know, it's been about three to four weeks since we've last done our last podcast. But I want to welcome, you know, all the uh, the people who've been listening uh, every week. You know, we welcome you back. Any newcomers, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is going to be, you know, usually we have a list of topics we're going to talk about. Today is just going to be a bunch of free-flowing ideas. We're going to let things roll off the top of our heads. Um, you know, we've got a lot to discuss. Um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of tournaments have been happening. Um, a lot of stuff has been going on. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say we can kick it off uh, here at the Brews and, uh, and Backhands podcast. So, I, I mean... I'll say this, I was impressed, you know, we were talking in a few episodes earlier of how terrible and shitty American tennis is on red clay. Pat, I don't know if you remember that, that discussion. I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, such a, such a fun topic. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, at Monte Carlo, um, Fritz got into the round of, to the final four, to the pretty much the semis. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was a huge step. I, I feel of American tennis doing well. Now we'll transfer over to, you know, Barcelona or what is it? What's the next one? I think we've got, cause there's, there's Barcelona and then there's a couple two fifties. Okay. And then um, this, this coming, the current week is just, and then after that's going to be, I think, Madrid and and then Rome, and then it'll be uh, Roland Garros. So there's a lot of a lot of red clay to be happening. Um, can can the American tennis and Fritz get to keep getting to that to those maybe semis or maybe even a final? I don't know. I mean, do you think he has what it takes to get to that point? I would say it's encouraging, definitely, because it's been what 20 years since an American got to the the semis of Monte Carlo. <laughs> Um, I don't even, it was probably Agassi or somebody who, who the last guy to, to make it there, but, um, it's encouraging because it's not like he didn't play anybody. Like he ended up beating Sitsipas in the quarters. Who's the two-time defending champion. So, um, I know he didn't play Novak or he didn't play Rafa, but it's like, he still had a couple pretty solid wins under his belt, like on the dirt. So that's encouraging. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. He's got he's got a pretty good game for clay. I mean, he moves pretty good for his size. Um, I mean, his, I could see his forehand being pretty wicked on clay as well with the spin he puts on it. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure too, he's got, he's got a pretty massive kick serve as well. I'm sure that's, that's just amplified when it's on, when it's on the clay surface. So um, I don't see why not. I mean, I, I would say, you know, like throughout, throughout the, the clay court season, I mean, maybe he makes another quarter or semi. And then I would say he definitely has, I would say it'd be successful in my mind if he gets to the second week of the French Open. Um, I, I still think that we're pretty, we're, we're still in like, especially on the men's side for the clay, we're still, in my opinion, in the infancy stages of really making some sort of threat at the French Open. Because you got to think it's awesome that like Fritz made it to the semis, but also too, where Monte Carlo is the first clay courts, really the first true clay court event of the year. And they always kind of have random winners. Like I know Rafa's won, he's only won like five times there. So they've had, they've had a lot of like 
one-off winners. Like uh, while Rinka's won it, Bognini's won it, um, Rublev has won it. They've got like kind of your, your non-traditional, you know, clay court juggernaut, so to speak, have won Monte Carlo. So, um, and then, and then have made some runs too, like, like Fritz just did in the semis. So it's encouraging for sure. And hopefully it gives them some good confidence, but um, I mean, I, I would say if he makes the second week of the French Open a successful clay season. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's definitely, you know, nice to see that progression, you know, because we've always made, like maybe won the first round and then always made it to a second and then maybe a third and then we're out. So we don't, we don't even come close to even making it to the, to the second round or to the second week at all. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it was nice and encouraging. Um, I think with Monte Carlo with being the first through play tournament, I think that's honestly a Brit. I think the reason why we've seen so many different winners from, you know, just from what you, what you were saying is I think based on that, it's, it's the first clay court. So a lot of people are trying to get accustomed to it and adjusted. And then as things kick off, you know, Barcelona, Rome, um, you know, the other, you know, the other big one, they've, you know, by then they've, they've learned things and those guys that are good at clay and that know how to play, they're now accustomed to it. And you won't see those guys like, you know, I don't think you, I think Holger Rune has a solid game or um, yeah. Holger Rune has a solid game on clay. Um, but I, I think, I don't think he'll make it to another final going forward on the clay season. You know, I think this is kind of that, that situation of like, oh, that one off, you know, situation. And I think center will overtake him because center's a better player. Um, and I don't know, do you remember that? Did you see that handshake and the whole the boggle in their, in their match? No, was this at Monte Carlo? Yeah. So there was like a late, it was like a late part of it. And it was, um, so I guess he had, so I guess centers, center had, uh, had either hit a ball long and Holger kind of went like this and still swung and hit the ball. And like center had to kind of go like this and go, whoa, and kind of dodge out of the way. And he's like, what the, what the hell? He's like, this is, you can't, you can't, shouldn't allow that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I think that was it. And I think there must've been something else, but like the handshake was the most, it was almost like the cold shoulder, you know, like two uh, in high school, how you see, you know, two girls who fucking hated each other go up and just say, Oh, your dress looks cute. That's exactly what it was. You know, two girls walking by and saying your, your dress or your, your hair looks pretty. And then they just walk on, keep walking. It's exactly what it was. Honestly, I'm not surprised because Runa, he doesn't really seem to be out there winning a popularity contest. So he just, he always seems to have like a riff with somebody. So I just, uh, he just seems really bratty and entitled. Like he's no doubt talented. Um, and he's, he could potentially win some majors. Um, but he's, he just seems like he's always around like tension or controversy though. And he's only been on the tour for like a year, you know, but so, um, but yeah, I'm not surprised by that. And to your point, like or your question with, with Runa, it'll be interesting because I mean, and who knows, like, I was kind of curious because I'm pretty sure he beat Sitsipas last year at the French Open to get to the quarters. It was either the fourth round or the quarters. He had a good French Open, especially with being a teenager. So he had some yeah. promise in clay. And then to your point, I mean, he makes the final Monte Carlo. It's like, okay, like he's he seems pretty legit on the clay. Um, but I'll be curious what you alluded to earlier as far as like your typical guys that have been threats on clay 
Um, once they kind of find their groove, obviously Nadal, Djokovic, um, Sitsipas, Casper Ruud. When those guys, I feel like, really find their, their stride on clay, if if Holger can kind of hold up to those guys consistently, I'd be like, all right, he's 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 pretty legit on the dirt. But I'm still kind of in a gray area with him as well. Plus, I just don't like him. So, um, you know, I'm not – I mean, I'll give praise where praise is due, but I will say yeah. – I'm a little, I'm a, I'm still a little on the fence with his clay court prowess. I agree. You know, if I'm not mistaken, he Holger sounds a little bit like your, uh, your boy, uh, Cincy bra. <laughs> he does <laughs> though. Honestly, like we've talked about, it's been hard to cheer for Cincy boss. Like he just, I mean, he is, he's a douchebag. Like he's just, he's just such an odd guy. Um, I mean, it's, he looked pretty gutted when he lost to Fritz. At money because for him, I mean, that's on clay, like that's, that's huge. Fritz on hard or grass, that's not a bad loss, but on clay, and you're the two time defending champion, like, and he didn't have to play Joker and Nadal. I mean, that's that's a pretty tough loss. Um, so I'll be curious to see where because he, yeah, Sitsapas is kind of in a weird spot. Um, he obviously had that run to the finals at Aussie, and then, but I don't know, he's just kind of one of those where like. He's got to be one of the most, like, not talked about top five guys, like, ever the last, like, couple years. Because he's, it's like, he's had, he's kind of, like, his, his, like, hype has gone down the last couple years, but he has stayed, like, in the top five, the top ten. But, like, he never really is talked about, besides, like, some sort of antic he maybe did or some sort of weird quote he writes on a camera. But he's, he's not really talked about much as, like, like a threat even though he's like a legit player. So I think this, he, to me, clay court season has got to be, is going to be really important for him. If he, for, as far as like his year, like, I think this clay court season is going to make or break his year. Like if he has a solid clay court season, you know, and then maybe gets to like to the semis of the final of the French open, it's like, all right, since a pass, he's, he's back. But if, if he kind of flounders a little bit um, in the clay, I think he's going to be, I don't think he'll be a factor at all the second half of the year. A good good way to look at things and I get it I mean I, I would I would agree he definitely is a untalked about guy but I think a lot of it just comes from he's just a tool you yeah. know he's just he's the most yeah. unlike unlike guy in the top five yeah. because of how he acts and and how he you know conducts himself you know like I said when he's on the court you know he talks to you know gets coaching from his dad when that was illegal and I mean it happened I think two times in, in one match two or three times and it's like you know, and, and you can't do that. That's just, that's just un, unethical, you know, and he, and he knows it. Um, and going into, and as, as a pro tennis player, you should know going into it, you can't get coached, but you're, yeah. but you're still doing it. And the uh, umpires and referees are still allowing it is just bullshit. You know, I don't, because these other guys aren't getting coached at all, but somehow they're still winning matches. So why is it that he gets the benefit of the doubt and gets, you know, gets a warning two or three times? Yeah, no, I agree. He definitely has like has definitely bended the rules or broken the rules quite a bit. And it's, you know, at least like the coaching thing, at least now it's it's allowed. And then the toilet break thing, that needs to be addressed. Um, because uh apparently Medvedev took advantage pulled a Sitsipas against uh Zverev. Did you see that? No. So did you see Is the this match? That money? Huh? Is that Monte Carlo? 
It was in Monte Carlo. I actually didn't see the match, but I actually listened. I saw highlights and I actually listened to another tennis podcast um, about it uh, yesterday. And apparently he was like, whenever, whenever Medvedev was down in the score, he seemingly always had like some sort of issue. Like he would, he would jar with the umpire. He had some sort of antics or he was kind of like delaying play a little bit. And then there was one time where he, I think Zverev, Zverev served for the match twice. Um, and then he ultimately lost the match. But I guess like he was like frustrated with Medvedev's antics. And I think before one of the times that he um, was going to serve for it, Medvedev went to the bathroom <laughs> um, and, you know, and had to take a, a bathroom break. Um, and so, and then he comes back out, I guess, and breaks him, and then he ends up winning the match. And then same thing to what you were alluding to with Runa and Rublev. It was a very cold handshake. And then Zverev in the, in the post-match press conference was like, you know, Medvedev, you know, I, I question his character. Like he's got poor sportsmanship. I'm just really disappointed in him as an athlete. Um, I think is a direct quote. So, I mean, not that Medvedev really cares what anybody thinks. Like he just seems to, he doesn't, he just brushes stuff off. He just kind of does his own thing. But apparently he, he did a, a very, it would appear to be a very strategic bathroom break um, during the match. <laughs> and I think, I think also too, Zverev was just pissed because he served for the match twice and lost. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, you could probably say he did, he maybe did that, but. How many times is, have you seen Medvedev probably take a in-routine bathroom break? You know, as a result, I mean, not very many, you know. And again, it comes on the same point. How many have you seen Sitsipas do? Right. A lot. You know, he gets a win. But again, I mean, it's the same thing with Nick Kyrgios. You know, Nick Kyrgios' antics and bullshit is, is a, you know, fucking wild and, and crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I think he... He got, I don't think he's you can I can get your take. Do you think he's as bad as Sitsipas or are they kind of the same? I would say from a, a from a bathroom break perspective, I don't think anybody's bad as Sitsipas. But I <laughs> but I so and I definitely think from like a like a gamesmanship kind of like manipulating with you kind of way, Medvedev is the goat I, on tour right now. He in my opinion, he takes the cake over anybody. Um He'll definitely he'll play some mind games with you. He'll disrupt play oh. antics. So I, I I'd say he's I would definitely say, you know, point in point out. Generally, in my opinion, Sitsipas is way more well behaved than Medvedev. Um, so, but I mean, but at the same time, like Sitsipas, he'll like his dad is always jarring at him for whatever. So that that's so it's almost like. Apostolos, Sitsipas's dad, is almost like Medvedev in the stands, you know, jarring at Sitsipas. And then Stefanos will take bathroom breaks and stuff because he's pretty, he, he seems to be relatively, I think, composed in between points, Sitsipas is. It just, and Medvedev to me definitely seems to be more animated. Um, like to my knowledge, I don't think Sitsipas has ever flipped off the crowd like Medvedev has <laughs> um, or, you know, he, he, he doesn't seem to get into too many in, in vocal matches. Like he kind of, like he kind of holds stuff in. Like if you remember, I think Sitsipas, he like exploded at Wimbledon last year against Kyrgios. Like I just think all the stuff that was going on was building up in him. 
and all of a sudden he just like let it out and just kind of like lashed out like in that fourth set, I think. And Medvedev seems to wear his heart on his sleeve more, um, but it seems to annoy guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he he wears you down, and I mean, he it's more of a mental game that Medvedev plays. Oh yeah, you know that's I mean, and that's honestly what I mean. Tennis, it's what it is. It's it's all mental. You know, yeah. it's, I'd say it's 80, 85 to ninety percent mental. You know, the rest is is skill. You know, if you can push through the rest of the of the bullshit, you know what this guy's doing and feed out what he's what he's trying to do. Just focus on what you're doing. Most of the time, you're gonna you're gonna figure out a way to win, but it messes with you of what he's how he does things. You know, I think that's the same thing with with Kyrios. You know, I know he hasn't been playing because of the surgery, but he does the same shit. You know, it's all the mental, you know, facade that, that he plays with your it's all mind games to figure out the, the situation and to get you thinking about other things and what he's doing instead of thinking about what you need to do to win the match. So but and I think too that like it'll be interesting to see, but I definitely think that Mevitab has the potential to have better results on clay. I just think he hasn't he he he's just kind of expressed he's I think he's just blatantly said, I hate clay. But his game, to your point, is designed to frustrate people. And he likes mm -hmm. the extended rallies. And he moves yeah. for his size. And he likes to stay back behind the baseline. So, like, I feel like a natural surface for his game is – I mean, he'll have to add a little bit more spin, I think, because his strokes are pretty flat. But, obviously, he's a pro tennis player. I mean, he could definitely add more spin to his strokes to acclimate to the surface. But um, I, I think that he definitely has potential – to be a pretty decent clay court player. Um, I don't see him ever being like a French open champion, but um, I definitely think that he can, he can have more consistent results. Um, I mean, I mean, he got to the quarters of Monte Carlo. So, I mean, that's nothing to, to snub at, especially for a guy that supposedly hates clay. <laughs> so, so not, not that a bad result. Yeah. I mean, he definitely announced it multiple times. You know, he's like, even when, you know, the ball, the ball bounces and you get a bad bounce. It's it's all the time. You know, I don't know if you saw his press after his press, one of his press releases, you know, I'm talking to the import. It was like, you know, the ball bounce, you get a bad bounce. It's, it's a bad bounce no matter what. He was even yeah. when you get a good bounce, it's still a bad bounce. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I'm just surprised that he does not enjoy it because it's he's almost like a, a Rafa. Rafa kind of likes the longer rallies, you know, moving the ball, wearing you down. Um and that's what he's been so so dominant and good at. But I'm surprised Medvedev doesn't enjoy the clay as much because that's literally what he does on hardcore. It's the exact same thing. So what's the difference? Is it just because maybe the ball bounces higher? You know, gives it a different bounce. Um, maybe that's that's the only thing I can think of. You know, whereas hardcore, you know, it's quick. You know, it's either quick or it sits. You know, it's a little slow, but it's still going to be somewhat faster. You know, clay is more of a developing point. It's slower. You know, the ball rises, sits up higher. I think that maybe that's why he's not a fan of it because he doesn't have time to to put people away and to to ruin them because they can slide in, in, into the points. You know, and it's not as hard on their body. Yeah, and I and I think too that he could. I just think he's just got to. It seems like to me anyway. He just needs to spend more time on the surface because I, I think potentially I wouldn't surprise me that Medvedev eventually would be like a Monte Carlo champion. Cause it's one of those, like I said earlier, like Monte Carlo seems to have just mm -hmm. random winners in there. And then Rublev just winning and how flat he hits the ball and he just won the oh, tournament, God. you know? So it's like, I think, I, I think 
definitely Medvedev has the potential on clay to be like a Monte Carlo champion. And then, you know, make the second week of the French. I think he's got that, that ceiling. I, I'd say that's about his clay court ceiling in my opinion, but um, so. Yeah, what do you think about that? What's that? No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, so, I mean, I agree. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting to see his game. Um, the one I'm watching, I think on clay, honestly, the most, I think will be center. You know, his game is just so, it's so flawless. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, hiccups in his game. He's competitive. You know, uh, I mean, we go back to Miami, you know, when he played Alcarez and those points. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch that match because it was on tennis TV. And tennis TV, if you're watching this, put that shit on fucking ESPN. <laughs> um, but but they, I watched some of the rallies and, the, and, the, and stuff. And I mean, they still won that was. I mean, just phenomenal, just phenomenal back and forth that I have ever seen. I mean, I've, I haven't seen that good of, of tennis since, I mean, I would say, what, probably, I'd put maybe Roger and Dopo at the at the U.S. Open back in 2009, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that was just flawless. You know, the tennis was great. You know, I mean, even back in 2007 and eight you know, Rafa and, and Roger at, at the final, you know, they were just going back and forth trading punches. And that's honestly what center and Alcaraz were doing on that whole tournament, on that whole match. So just to see those guys battling it out. And if that's, like I said, that's what the future of tennis looks like. I think we're in good hands, but those two, I think really lead up to being probably the top two in, in, in the world for tennis wise, I, I think for the future. So what do you think Sinner's what, – what do you think the rest of his clay court season looks like? I think he'll make at least another – I think he'll make another semifinal, if not a final of one. Um, I mean, I can even see him getting to the, maybe a court, quarter semi of French, but he has to he has to play well, though. He has Ooh. to play consistent. Oh. His Both game has improved. It. Yep. The game has improved. He's gotten a lot better on clay. You can you can tell his movement. I think when he first came in last year on clay, I think his movement when well, he wasn't solidified and he wasn't comfortable on it yet. You know, I think uh, his coach, um, I think, has definitely tried to prep him quite a bit on the clay to get him ready for it. Um, because you know, like I said, most of the, I'd say a quarter of the of the season is all you know is 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 clay, anyways. So you got to get get used to it for that quarter of the season, you know, whether it's three months. Um, so you got to get ready. And I think his his coach and his and his whole team has really worked on his his game of playing consistent, waiting for the ball, you know, just play your game and then, you know, to be aggressive when you can. So. Yeah, no, I could see I, I'd be all for it. He seems to be knocking on the door. Like he's right there. He's made some final, like he, it's only a matter of time until he breaks through um, and like wins like a master's 1000. Um, so yeah, I, I could see him having pretty good results on uh, I, I've kind of have a similar prediction to you with the, with the clay season. I think he'll, he'll make some deep runs in, you know, maybe one of the 500s this week, or um, he'll have a good result at, but, Probably at Madrid. I would definitely say Madrid with like that higher altitude. I can see him having a pretty good result. And then I think he has the potential definitely to make 
the second week of the French. And then in my opinion, I'd say that that would be a success if he gets to, um, I won't go as far as saying him making a semi. I don't think he'll make the semi of the French, but I definitely think he's got the potential to get to like to the quarters for sure. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I think he's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, if he makes it to, you know, I would count it as a solid quarter of the season and going forward to, to play consistent. If you can, if you can play that well in, in the clay, then just gear up and get ready for, you know, because grass has not played very long. I mean, I would say there's only what maybe four grass tournaments the whole season. Matt, yeah, Max? there's, it's, you know, it kind of sucks. It, it makes it kind of cool, I guess, for grass because it's so limited. But yeah, it's it's pretty limited. Yeah, but so I mean, I don't know if his game is is fit for grass. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen him on grass, and I know last year was kind of. You know, I, I didn't really pay attention to the, to the Wimbledon on grass-wise for him. Um, you know, I think if he can have a solid clay court season, you know, I think going into the grass, I think he he knows he's like, you know, I can slip a little bit, but just gearing up, getting ready for the hard court again mm-hmm. of, you know, Tor- you know Toronto um, and or Montreal and then the Western and Southern and then U.S. Open, you know, if he can get those, you know, get ready for that hardcore season again, I think he'll have a solid, you know, second half of the season for sure. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You know. But yeah, I think it all starts here with the clay. And the other name you mentioned, what do you think about with with Alcaraz? Because I know he couldn't play Monte Carlo, I guess, due to injury. I think he's back at one of the events this week. I think he's one of the seeds, if I'm not mistaken. But um, but I'm kind of curious as to what do you think about his his clay court uh, potential this year, especially with his his injury woes. I mean, I, I think I mean I don't think it'll hinder him very much. Um, I mean, he's just so solid. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, he played with I think a little bit of an injury. I'm sure at um, Indian Wells and Miami. You know, I don't, was he 100%? Probably not, but I think he tried to push through it because, you know, he won Indian Wells already um, the previous year. So it's hard to say. No, did was it him or was it Fritz that won it last year? Fritz, Fritz won last Fritz year. Fritz won it last year. So he was trying to just win a hardcore tournament. Or he, won, he won Miami. He won Miami last year. I think that's, that's it. So yeah. I think he was trying to like gear up to get ready to play. So playing the, uh, Indian Wells, you know, to try to play and re-win Miami again. Um, I think he's like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of push through it. I think he'll be fine. You know, so I'm sure he probably had some type of a, of a pain patch or pain pill or pain injection to help um, to kind of push through. And then, you know, when he gets to the clay season, you know, that's a little bit more, it's easier on the body, but he slides no matter what. Um, and I think that's his way of like, okay, like I can't, I don't want to push myself. I want to make sure I can be ready for, you know, whether it's Madrid or, you know, if I don't play the next couple clay courts, you know, maybe be ready for a small tournament or again, Madrid, and then be a hundred percent ready for Roland Garros, then play and hurt myself. And then I can't even, I can barely even play on Roland at Roland. So I think he's trying to get himself ready to play in a, in a major. So he can hopefully have a good run at, at Roland, which I think he has that, that possibility you know, because Rafa right now has been out with injury. Yeah. And it's so it's really at this point, I think it's his to lose, really, for for role for Roland Garros. 
Um, you know, again, you can't ever count Rafa out, but I think it's definitely Alcrez is definitely the heavy favorite. I think as of right now, if because Novak is not bad, but I think Alcrez's game is better on clay than Novak's. Yeah, no, I, I'd have to agree. Honestly, like I, my prediction is Alcaraz winning the French Open, barring that he's healthy. Because I think, to your point, like, like yeah, you can't count Rafa out, but he keeps. I know he's just trying to rest up for the French, but he's also a guy, at least historically, like he has to. He always plays a lot of matches leading up to, like he's. I mean, I guess the one ex. Well, no, when he won the Aussie, he played a couple tune-ups too. Like he's a guy he always has to play a couple tune-ups, so. The more events that Rafa kind of has to sit out to rest, I think, in my mind, decreases his chances of winning the French. Like, he seems to be a guy that has to build up matches and confidence. And then, I mean, Djokovic losing to Monte Carlo, like, he's he, – he always has random losses in Monte Carlo. Like, I, I don't think he really thinks anything of it. Like, he's just kind of working his way in. Um, but out to your point, Alcaraz, he's not scared of either of those guys. Um, he's beaten – Djokovic on clay I don't know if he's I don't think he's I think he's beaten Rafa maybe but I, don't I, think he, I thought he beat Rafa was it last year on clay at a tournament was it was it Madrid actually yeah he beat both of them he beat he beat Djokovic yeah. and Nadal on the way to win Madrid so he's he's not scared of those guys and he's beat them on clay and he's already won a major so I think I would say as long as he's healthy I would definitely say yeah Alcaraz is my pick to win the French and I think he's, he's, he's like groomed for it. I think he's, I think he's to your point, like teeing up his body. I think if, if he can just get just, I, I don't even think he has to win one of these tune-ups in my mind. If he, if he gets, you know, at least to the quarters or semis of Rome and or Madrid, I, I think that's, that's, that's pretty good prep for him. I don't think he needs to, it, it should be nice. I'm sure to, to add to his trophy case to, to, to get one of those in there, but I, I don't think he, I don't think he needs to um, like, I, I, so I, but I would say he he's, he's my pick for sure to win the French. Yeah. I mean, you know, would it be nice to win that? Yes. But at the same time, it's the longer you play or the, the more you're out there, the longer you're playing, which means more prone to injury. So, you know, whether he could go out and play a, a tune up or two and, you know, make it to maybe uh win a, maybe a first round or second round, you know, and then lose, you know, I'm sure people are going to be like, holy shit, what the hell? You know, but I think at that point he's like, okay, like I feel, I feel confident enough that I can win. I can win Roland Garros. My body feels good. You know, yeah, I lost. He played better than I did. But I think at that point he's like, I don't, I'm not really worried about that. I'm just making sure I'm ready to go for when French out for, for the French open happens. And then I can, I can win that and go tell everybody to, you know, give them the middle finger pretty much, you know, because it doesn't matter. Those little, those smaller tournaments don't really matter. It's all about the big tournaments. That's what they recognize you for. So, yeah. And so who do you, I know we, I guess we've already kind of talked about it, but what do you think Rafa's play season looks like in, in his, his French open uh, potential, or I guess not potential, but what do you think his result will be? I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to say, because I mean, he's, I mean, he's won the French Open 14 times, you know, that's eight, he's only, he's won eight other majors besides Brent, besides Roland Garros. That's insane. Um, so it's, it's hard to count him to say, no, he's not going to win it, but 
you know, Rafa does is is Rafa. You know, he does these weird things and somehow gets through uh, on tough times. Um, how he does it, I don't know. Uh, but I'm pretty certain back in, what, mid-2010s, uh, I think in order for him to win the French Open, I think they had, I think he had issues and injury, but he kept taking some type of a pill and pain injections so that way he wouldn't feel any pain going out on the court. So that just shows you that he doesn't, he's out there to win and it doesn't matter. He'll, he'll if, he, if it takes him to win another French Open, he'll do whatever, whatever it takes to win that. And he's not, he, he doesn't shy away and he's not afraid to, to do anything to win it. That's, that's his, that is his major and that is his mantra is winning that tournament, that tournament. And if he doesn't want anything else, then by God, it doesn't matter. I won the one tournament that I own that he's what lost three times on. It's insane. I it's, mean, his record is unbelievable. I mean, if I'm not, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has lost three times at the French open. Yep. You would be right. Two of them are to Joker. And then one of them is to uh Soderling. The most weird. Oh my God. And then he had that withdrawal. Like you said, one year, it was like 20, 16 or something like that he had to withdraw from the tournament but actual losses it's only been three which is insane so yep uh three matches which is i mean he's 112 and three that's so, just it's un, unheard of i don't think we're ever going to see somebody male or female be that dominant um he's won a major ever he's won the, that major he's 97.4 percent it's incredible that's that is insane i mean it, that's why it's it's hard to say like take a guess of what he's going to do because you don't know um because he's just so dominant at, the, at, the, at that tournament um you know but i think you know, FAA has definitely decreased quite a bit. You know, I thought his game was quite a bit, was decent on clay. And I feel like lately he's been kind of slacking. I don't know if there's something going on or, or what, but there is something not clicking in his, in his field. And he has uncle Tony in his, in his corner. Um, so I don't know if they need to change his strategy, if they need to change how he does things or plays but he is definitely not dominant by any means on clay. And he's been slacking a little bit in his, in his last couple of matches. Yeah. It's kind of, he, he's an interesting one. I will say last thing with Rafa, my prediction is I think the last chance he actually has to win a major is this French open. Um, I think if he, if he doesn't win this French, I, I, I don't think he wins any more majors. That's just my prediction. So, but. Oh, uh, I do. Honestly, like, it's just, you can only come back from injury so many times and he's only getting older. And I will say realistically, I just, I know he won Aussie last year and it's a hell of a, hell of an effort, but um, not his fault, but Joker was not in the field for that, but, but you got to play against who you're drawn against. So kudos to Rafa, but I think that this year's French open is his last ch chance to win a major in my opinion, but I'll leave it at that when it comes to Rafa. When it goes to your FAA, I know it was encouraging like when he won those like three indoor tournaments in a row uh, last fall. 
I was like, oh man, he's really getting some confidence because he had a pretty shitty record in finals before that. But he just doesn't yeah. seem to. He hasn't. He's he obviously has like the talent, and he's produced some good results. He just can't do it on a consistent basis. I don't know. To your point, I just don't know if he's got, you know, a little bit of the the Grigor syndrome where he doesn't quite know what he's doing on court all the time. Like he's got all the tools, but he just can't put together a decisive game plan week in, week out that in my mind, that's just, he, I don't think he's completely found out what type of player he needs to be week in, week out to have those consistent results. Cause he, his whole career, he just hasn't, he hasn't been consistent. So I think he's, I mean, he pushed Rafa to five sets at the French last year, I believe. Last year, yeah. I mean, so he's, he can play on the clay, but I just, but yeah, honestly, I actually forgot about him until you just brought him up because he's he's been so <laughs> irrelevant this whole year so far. Like I I, I don't I, I can't think of like one solid result he's had this year so far. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I like the guy as a player. I love him, you know, as a player, you know, person on the court, off the court. Um, you know, he seems like he's very down to earth. Does does not care what anybody else says or ha- you know has to say. Um, he's there to do, you know, to do one thing and one thing only, you know, that's to be out there, play tennis and, and enjoy himself. Um, you know, and I think there's something that's, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's his confidence, you know, maybe he needs to to play some smaller tournaments, honestly, you know, I know that may sometimes feel beneath the guys, you know, that are in the top 25, you know, even going out and, you know, maybe doing, you know, slapping a couple of hoes on, on the smaller 250 and 500 level ATP, to, you know, tournaments, you know, to say, hey, like this is, you know, this is who we are as, 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 a, as a person, you know, top 25, if you want to be up here, you know, this is how, what you got to do and how to do it. You know, even to beat some of those guys in those small tournaments, I think that's what it takes to do. So, so that way you can be ready and have that confidence going forward. You know, maybe that'll boost the issue. Um, you know, I don't know if Tony Dadal is a big fan of those smaller tournaments. I think he's all, you know, go go hard or go home. Um, I think that's what he's told Rafa. I mean, I don't. I mean, when was the last time you saw Rafa at a 250 tournament or a 500 tournament? Yeah, I mean that's true. It's so, yeah, yep. It just shows you that I think that's what he is. But at that point, you know, your coach is your coach, but you're the ultimate one that has to make that decision. So I feel like you need to be the big boy and say, hey. Let me get my, you know, there's something lacking. I'm, I'm not, I'm missing something, you know, or maybe it's Tony, Tony Nadal's coaching style. You know, maybe it's how he's approaching the game and approaching, you know, FAA. That's not the way he's, he needs to be coached. He needs someone else to, to help and get him through in a different way. Um, so, cause I know Tony Nadal is all a hundred percent. You give a hundred percent on the court and that's all, that's all. You know, you go in with one game plan, that's it. You know, I think FAA has got, you know, he's got two, three, four, five. He's like, he's like a Gregor is what you were saying. You know, he's got other game plans. And then when one fails, he goes to another one. When that fails, he goes to another one. So it's like you can't keep changing game plans. Your 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 game is going not going to stay consistent. You're going to falter and you're going to you're going to go up and down, you know, every 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 tournament. You don't want to do that. You have to go in with one game plan and stick to it if it's not figure out your game plan and rework it you know and tweak something so 
that's how I see things. I think that's how things are going. Yeah. No, I I think you you hit the nail on the head. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't expect much out of FAA the clay court season. I'd like to see some good results, but um, I, I just think his confidence isn't isn't quite there. And <clears throat> you know the the clay the clay courts you know tend to be an equalizer a little bit too. So I think that if you're going into clay low on confidence, it's just it's not a good situation. So I I don't expect much out of him this clay season. Maybe when we get to grass. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I know he had a he's had a pretty pretty good grass court you know game, um, but we'll see. You know, I think the clay court season. You know, he has to show. I think, I think his the rest of his season really shows on if he doesn't produce at the French. I think his the rest of his season is going to be very wishy washy. You know, going forward. But um, did you watch the? I don't know if anybody else watched it uh, that's listening. The uh, Ben Shelton and Casper Rude match. I did not. It was there was one there was one because uh, you know point that they played and uh, you know Rude was just kind of like uh, lobbing was it lobbing the ball back and forth I think or no it was Shelton that was lobbing the ball back and forth and just getting the ball back in play um, consistently and definitely making you know Rude really really struggle. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does, you know, try to follow up, you know, with a, a semifinal for, uh, or a f- finalist of last year, Roland Garros. Um, you know, again, I think he's, I think he's a solid player. Um, you know, I know we've talked about in, in other podcasts that we've had here that it's just, is he a top five? Maybe, you know, I just don't think his game is very, cons- you know, he's not very powerful powerful you know he doesn't really have a whole lot of like strong game he's just more of a i'm gonna get the ball back back and play just be consistent that's all i'm gonna do and just that's it you know i'm not gonna really grind points out with you i'm just gonna be consistent you know play it safe and call it um maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong but is that something you see in his game yeah i actually completely agree with you like i think he's ferrer 2.0 um like he just he's a little bit better version of david he just – he had an incredible year last year getting the two major finals. Um, I personally don't think he's going to back up either of those. Um, I like the guy. Like, he seems pretty cool. And he's – I like his – and I like his forehand. He's got pretty good pop on his serve. But to your point, he doesn't – he doesn't really have, like, a huge, huge weapon. And I don't think he's – he's not a guy that I think to me is legitimately a major threat. I don't – I mean, maybe he gets to another major final at some point but I don't ever see him winning a major. And I, I think his ranking is going to take a hit this year. He hasn't, he hasn't really done much since the U S open last year. Um, he won Estoril last week, oh. but I mean, and Hey, a, a tournament went to tournament win. Um, but then he, I don't think he didn't even make the quarters of Monte Carlo where there actually was like a field. Oh. So I just, I mean, I don't know. Like I think he'll have like a pretty decent clay court season. He'll probably make, the second week of the French open, but I, I don't see him getting to the finals. I definitely don't see him winning the tournament. I, I think he's just, I, I think he'll, he'll, he'll help her around. I think the top 10 definitely, you know, the next few years, but I, I but I, I, but I think his ranking is going to take a hit this year. I agree. It'll be interesting to see how Ben Shelton does. I like his game, his style. 
you know, big, big lefty serve. I mean, massive. Um, you know, and I think, you know, because I think this is his first time actually playing on actual like clay, clay. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can tell he's, you know, he's out there to have fun and enjoy himself. And I think he's also, I think he's also got a pretty good solid game for the clay. You know, he he can build the point. He's got a pretty big backswing. Um, you know, on his forehand and backhand both. So, but yeah, I think he's definitely got got the game to do it. I don't know if they'll ever. I think he'll make maybe win like a round or two. Um, you know, I don't think he'll ever make the second week. In, you know, in a in a little bit, maybe a few years. Um, but if he does, I mean, it'll be a, a huge boost of confidence moving forward for Ben Shelton. You know, just from from what I've seen. I think it's encouraging that he was actually to your point, like he won a couple rounds that he was actually at Monte Carlo because a lot of American men, a lot of times they'll, they'll skip it or they won't even play it. I think part of the reason why American men, a lot of times they don't, we don't really have much of a threat um, on the dirt is a lot of guys, they don't seem to, they don't seem to be all in on the clay court season. Um, you know, I did like, I honestly, like, it's cool that there's a clay court event in Houston and Tiafa won it, um, which was pretty cool. <laughs> but I'm also like, I, I think that that hurts, in my opinion, American men's chances, because I'm like, if you're going to if you're going to like realistically threaten, you know, at the French Open, you need to be over across the pond playing like the legit premier clay court events. And it's encouraging that obviously Fritz had a really good result, like we talked about before, but that like Shelton was there because I feel like a lot of guys when, you know, they're they're younger or they're they're kind of riding the clay court season off. They don't even play Monte Carlo or and they, they don't play Barcelona, you know, and, you know, they might play, I think, you know, Roddick towards the tail end of his career only played like Rome and then played the French, you know, so it's like guys don't even commit to like a full clay court season. So I, hopefully he continues because it's like, you're not to your point, like you made a good point earlier, Kyle, where it's like clay is a quarter of the season. And it's got, I mean, it's, it's a good chunk of the season. Um, and there, there's some pretty, there's some pretty big trophies to be had if you're successful. So um, I would agree. I think it's one of those where he, he's got some pretty good potential. I think big servers have shown to have pretty good results. You know, I think um, Isner's had a couple of good results on clay, obviously Fritz. And then um, I'm blanking on the other tall guy that is kind um, of like. Kevin uh, Anderson. Well, Kevin Anderson, he did decent, but there's another guy. Um, Carla did? Not Carla, the American. Um, he's kind of injured right now, I think, though. He's got a massive kick serve. He's in his, like, his early to mid-20s. I'm blanking on his name. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm hoping – I'm hoping he continues with it because it's, it's one of those where it would just be nice to see more Americans just in the mix with events that actually matter. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, it's definitely tough that we just don't, don't put a lot of emphasis on the, the clay court season. And, you know, we only play one or two tournaments and then, you know, it's almost like we're like, all right, we're good to go. We've got our feet wet. Let's get, let's just dive in, um, you know, and, and to be a consistent, tur you know, player. And I think him seeing, you know, maybe seeing Fritz do what he did, you know, maybe him going overseas and saying, hey, like, I'm not going to play in these small tournaments, you know, that Tiafo did, you know, and congratulate Tiafo for winning that master, you know, that tournament and that clay over in Houston. 
Um, you know, but I know going going overseas to play over there, I mean, I don't think Tiapo is going to really be much of a threat in, in the clay season. Um, you know, I don't think there was really – was there anybody big at that tournament in Houston? I honestly don't know. I, I mean, I doubt it because, like, I mean, all the names that we just talked about are all – like the clay court contenders this year and none of them were in Houston. So whoever was there, <laughs> no disrespect to those guys, but nobody that was like a legitimate threat, you know, for the French, I don't think. So, yeah. So, you know, if I, if I'm American, or go ahead, Kyle. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if I'm an American male, like if there's a year where you can kind of disrupt the clay court market, so to speak, it's this year because I know that we picked the like Alcaraz some of the French, but we also, his, his, his health is still a concern. Like he's, he's still pretty spotty. Rafa, obviously he's bowed out of Monte Carlo. He's not playing Barcelona, you know, so he's, he's got a question mark, you know, Djokovic, he, he's not, he's not exactly match tough, you know, cause he, he didn't play the sunshine double. He was complaining about his elbow. Um, you know, Rublev, a guy that you don't think is a clay quarter, just won Monte Carlo. So I'm just like, well, shit, if there's a year that you can kind of make a move on the clay, it's this year. You know, it's been a while, I feel like, since there's been some real – I know Rafa's had a couple of years here and there where he's like, ah, I'm not sure, I don't know. But not just him, but a couple other guys. And same with Sitsipas. He's uncertain, too. Um, his confidence isn't that high. He just lost to Fritz and Monte Carlo. So, I mean, if there's a year to play clay court events in Europe, it's this year. So, I would say it's, it, it's, it's a little bit more – um, wild cardish, or, you know, kind of, there could be a few more dark horses, uh, this year. So I just, I'd say who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely open. Um, you know, definitely don't want to, you know, let down the, the big, the big guys that are there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely open more than anything. Cause and I think if I'm, I've, I think Novak has had elbow issues prior before, I think, this yes. was this tournament, and I think he's also had other elbow issues. I think was it last year he complained about some elbow problems. Yeah, he's kind not of, earlier this year. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's something where this year it was I, this year at Aussie. That was it. It was this year at Aussie. He had, he was complaining of some elbow problems that he was having. So clearly, there's there's an issue that he's not 100. percent There's something going wrong. You yep. know, whether it's his his form, his play. Um, so he's not 100, percent and you know, Alcarez is still trying to get there. Um, I think he'll get there at some point. Um, but I think at some, you know, at the same time, I don't think he has to be 100 percent to win to win the French. Um, I think he's just that good on clay that he doesn't oh. have to. Um, same thing with Rafa. You know, Rafa doesn't have to be 100 percent I've seen him win win the clay, win that tournament. You know, clearly he's not 100 percent because he's you know doing other, you know, doing some stuff to help him through through matches just to win. Um, but you know, I think it's definitely better in, than any season, really, that these guys are 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 faltering and having some some issues. So, if I were if I were anybody else, but yeah, definitely go and, and try to snag something. You know, whether that's maybe trying to snag a major at the at French because those guys are injured. You know, you are you're going to want to capitalize and do every, anything and everything you can to play as much as possible and get accustomed to it. So that way when that French comes around, you're ready. You know, you just don't, you just don't gotta be afraid. That's the issue. You know, I think a lot of it, these guys see, 
you know, these these top guys playing consistently. And I think sometimes they get a little nervous and afraid to play them um, in these big, big stages and big matches. They just got to got to go for it. Put, you know, put some of the nerves behind. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but I think that they can put that out of their mind and just focus on what they need to do. I think they can they can beat them. They're beatable. They're showing it. So with that being the case, too, do you have like a who who would be your dark horse pick to win the French Open? Chapo. Chapo. <laughs> we had to bring up Chapo at some point. <laughs> uh, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, you know, Fritz getting to uh, a quarter, um, you know, that's huge. You know, will he win a major? I don't. I don't think he'll win the French. Uh, well, I think we're a long. I think we're we're getting closer. How's that? Mm-hmm. Americans are getting closer, um, and I think you know maybe seeing you know maybe if Rafa retires here, um, and then you know you see Novak start to have some more issues and problems. Um, I think that's going to help. Maybe American tennis kind of come through. But then the problem is you got to look out for those young guns. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, I don't know if Andre Rublev, if this is just a, a freak of the, you know, freak of nature or a yeah. pure, pure, you know, pure luck, you know, luck of the draw. Um, you know, you got Holger Rune, that's, you know, definitely coming up. You know, you've got Alcarez, um, Rude. Uh, so, I mean, you've got all these top guys and even Medvedev. Um, you know, yes, he hates it and he does he's not a fan, but, you know, he's clearly getting, starting to get accustomed to it and understand it. Um you know, so would it be nice? Yes, but I think we're a little bit off, but we have to play and keep keep at it. Uh, we can't back away and shy. Um, you just have to keep keep going at the beast and, and figure it out because I think we're closer than we've than we've been in a long time to make it. I would say the big sleeper. I honestly could see see center. I like his game. You know, that's a big, it's huge. It's a big, big, big risk. But how he played at Monte Carlo, you know, definitely showed that he's here to win. And he, I mean, he's already made a, you know, he made the major uh, final of Miami. He made the semis of, of the U.S. Open last year. So he's on the cusp. He's he's going to get, I think he's going to get one before um, Rude, honestly. Because his game's more better, more consistent, more powerful. Um, he's got the tools. He just has to has to put it all together in, in that in that play and and play that way consistent. So, yeah, I'd what, have to what agree. Would you, what would you pick? Honestly, I think mine would be center as well because it's hard to like. Like I think runa's got potential but his maturity he's i don't think is there like even though center is only like a year maybe two years older than runa he composes himself a hell of a lot better on court than him so i I would say center is the dark horse pick i'd have to agree because like i mean you know zverev still trying to work his way back from that nasty injury i don't I, i just don't think he has the legs or the confidence to to get it done and then um yeah, the same thing. Like, yeah, rude. I don't really see. I don't see him winning it. It's it's kind of it's kind of a hard. Um, Berrettini is injured, so he's 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 just keeps being the cursed guy. I don't even know if he'll play the rest of the clay court season. So, um, yeah, I'd have to go with center as well. And like Cahill in his corner, he seems to have a good team around him, and he's 
I think it's only a matter of time until he makes a big breakthrough. So I can, yeah, especially if some of the top guys just aren't hundred percent or they get knocked off, you know, early in the event. Um, Cause it definitely wouldn't surprise me at the friendship within the first week, you know, Alcaraz, Rafa or Djokovic gets knocked off because if they're not feeling hundred percent and they're a little, I think that they'll all make the second week, but I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if one of those guys gets knocked off. And then if that bracket blows wide open and, and center happens to be in it, I mean, watch out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because you say that. So, I mean, I would say the young, young tennis lately, I mean, it's very, very promising um, to see what's, what's coming up and what's being built. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge potential, uh, but yeah, I think, I think, um, Holger is 19, I believe, or 18. And Center, I believe, is like 20 or 21. So he's not very old, but how, but definitely 100% how he composes himself on the court definitely shows a lot of who he is um, and his mentality, you know, his mental game and toughness. That shows a lot better than, than Holger. Um, you know, just how you, how, I mean, it's hundred percent. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, if you look at your, your big guys of your Rafa's and your, your Novak's and your, uh, you know, Rod, you know, Federer, how, how do those guys compose themselves on the court, you know, and, and, and off the court, they didn't say a whole lot. They kept their mouth shut, no comment, you know, and it was very polite. Um, then you'd see the guys that are just, you know, out there to, to cause a ruckus and cause a stir and, you know, look at, look at how they look at the, how their, how their shit turned out. Not very solid. You know, right. so it just shows you that keeping your composure and keeping your mental game shows a lot about you, who you are, um, and how tough you can be on the court um, and and everything else. So it, it proves a lot of, of how tough your mental game is and that you're all the way there. You're not just here for a one and done show. You know, you're not that that show pony that you want to bring out once, mm-hmm. you know, once once a year. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, but, for sure. Oh, said, I'm glad. I'm glad we both spoke on that one because that's that's interesting that we both picked pick center, you know. And Sarah, if you're listening, which probably you you never you probably won't, you never will. But if you're listening, we're picking you for a French Open, so don't fuck up. <laughs> that's all the confidence he needs, I think. We yeah, see yeah. We just, just, see just a fun. bunch of two two bros is over here telling him he can win the French Open. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, didn't Cahill coach Simona to her first French Open? Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind of had, you know, she had struggles kind of like finding herself, I think, a little bit and living up to her potential. So, yeah, I I definitely he Cahill. That's a really good point. I think he's got he's got the experience to be um, to groom somebody to win at Roland Garros. So he's got that going for him. I agree. All right. Well, like I said, I feel like we've we've we spun things twenty four seven. You know, I know you're you're ready to go and 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 back to sleep. You know, enjoy your your night time. You know, your night nightcap there with some some sleepy time out there yeah. in, in, the, in the in Virginia Hills. Oh yeah, it's quite the it's quite the metropolis. Abington <laughs> is beautiful this time of year. <laughs> but. Like I said there, guys, well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, please keep tuning in. You know, we'll probably do this uh, maybe once every two or three weeks, but keep tuning in, keep listening. Um, you know, today, uh, Pat, you got any 
any unofficial sponsors you'd like to bring out today? Um, it's not as exciting um, as like an adult beverage, but Lean Cuisine was the high <laughs> sponsor today. There's not a lot of food options around here, and I was tied on time to make the podcast, so my hands were tied. So Lean Cuisine, thank you. Not not a bad post workout meal. wasn't wasn't too shabby, but uh, but yeah. So I think next time we'll make it a, a little bit more a little <laughs> bit more exciting. Lean <laughs> cuisine. Oh man, we're going we're going bigger going home over here. I know. I just yeah. It's it's going to be tough to top that. <laughs> but I think I'll bring it out with a good old uh, you know, four day Ray uh, Brewing Company. Uh, Four Day Ray is a is a small local brewery here down in Fishers in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, they've got some great beers. Uh, usually, most of the time, they're all they're all hoppy. Um, if you're looking for a good blood orange IPA, they've got a great one there. Uh, very tasty, very clean. Uh, but most of their beers are all IPA. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go and and see them on on the tap, by all means, go get them. Four Day Ray, uh, you are an unofficial beer sponsor of the Brews and and uh, Backhand Podcast for the day. <laughs> you are the uh, you're you're a local guy now. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta endorse that. That's like in your backyard. I know it's just just down. I'm skipping a jump. Even Scarlet Lane, you know that there's another one right there. Ooh, there you I go. Know. I know Scarlet Lane. Uh, if anybody ever heard here, is they've got several facilities here in, in Indianapolis. One in the McCordsville, one in downtown Indianapolis, South Meridian. Um, I believe on down in Bloomington, possibly. Wow. Um, but they, like a mini empire. They, Maybe I, that I'm not too sure of, but I pretty, I know those two locations for sure of. Um, know they've got one in Broad Ripple as well. There you go. So they've got there's the three that I know of. Um, very good. Uh, they've got some pretty weird and, and wicked beers. Uh, if you're ever looking for something, you know, just look for the coffin on the outside. That's usually what their beers are in. So they're very good, very tasty. Uh, but definitely, please, please look out for those two. But those will be my my two unofficial sponsors. So we've got Lean Cuisine, you know, brought to you by, by Pat, massive uh, major company. Uh, then we've got our, our Four Day Ray and, and Scarlet Lane for the day. So uh, everybody, please keep listening. Please keep tuning in. Uh, we'll keep putting out content for you guys. Um, hopefully, we'll have some 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 cool things come by. Uh, maybe the next podcast, uh, we'll have another special guest come on. Uh, I'm not going to give that away of who that would be, uh, but hopefully we'll have a full house today. Uh, just Pat and myself. Uh, you know, we are missing our uh, fellow fellow comrades of uh, Connor and uh, Marty. Uh, Marty couldn't be with us today due to the time time frame that we decided to do this. Uh, Connor, um, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Connor had some had some government things to, that he needed to get done. He wanted uh, to be here. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be here. He here in spirit. Uh, he had some some government things to get done and finished. Uh, so we want to make sure that he doesn't get you know get the IRS coming after him there. So uh, we're missing Connor today. He definitely wanted to be here. Uh, we definitely don't want the IRS coming for him. We don't need him to be arrested and have me go bail him out. That's not my not my cup of tea. But please keep tuning in, guys. Uh, we'll keep putting out the podcast putting out the stuff for you and uh again yeah just keep tuning in we'll keep we'll keep doing everything for you there guys thank you very much i appreciate it